2: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We are going to go over everything that happened in week 9 on Sunday. A lot going on. Justin Fields. Oh my goodness. Exploding. Like yeah. he he wow. What a what a performance. We we basically saw the best rushing performance ever by a quarterback in history. Yeah, essentially.
1: We- essentially. I mean, there's I mean, that one. They said that, you know, Colin Kaepernick ran for 181 in the playoffs. But I don't really count playoffs because that's not fantasy football. You know, the best fantasy football performance on the ground by a quarterback comes via Justin Fields this week. And after tearing up two good defenses in the Patriots and the Cowboys, if this is what he's doing to the Dolphins defense, which isn't that bad, you know, they just got Bradley Chubb. What's he going to do next week to the Lions? <laughs> you got to
2: week I didn't, I didn't even see that. Is yeah. He-
1: Mm-hmm. oh boy oh boy all right <laughs> it's gonna be
2: bad um hope everyone's doing well on this monday let's go go into everything that happened in in week nine just to kind of get you ready for week 10 uh first things first frank reich head coach of the indianapolis Colts, Colts just got fired yep he's done jim ursay just tweeted that frank reich is done with the team the three and five not not where they wanted to be. Seem like, you know, they, they want to kind of turn things around. I guess after what the Colts' offense has shown, you know, this pa- these past couple weeks, it hasn't been great. Uh, you know, and it's possible that the Colts might go- end up going back to Matt Ryan. <laughs> like, yeah. I can totally see that happening. Sam Ellinger, you know, has not looked good, right? Especially yesterday on Sunday. He did not look good at all. Seemed lost out there. So I can totally see, you know, the next head coach saying, "All right, let's bring back in Matt Ryan." You can't tell me that Sam Ellinger gives you a better chance than Matt Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. just hasn't looked good. The experiment was, you know, went wrong. You know, Frank Reich, you know, he was probably like, "No." It's either the Sam Ellinger stays at quarterback, or I, or just fire me. And they said, "Okay, we will <laughs> fire you." Yeah. Um, you know, I think Frank Reich is a good offensive coach. You know, overall, I think he'll find his way. I think he'll he'll get another job you know is he allowed to like work this season like is that possible like can another team just like pick him yeah, up and say like, like hey banter. like like can you, can you be our head our offensive coordinator uh, uh i don't know what about the Steelers? Ma- uh yeah the Steelers maybe could use some the Steelers could use some offensive coaching help yeah. um but yeah so like it's going to be interesting to see you know where he ends up landing i would assume he's you know it might take a vacation for the rest of this season and then you know come back next season as a, you know, a pretty good offensive coach. But he, you know, he, he did, you know, handpick a couple quarterbacks over the last couple of seasons. Didn't really work out so well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how they do moving forward. But Deion Jackson, you know, he, he was the guy for them, right? 80% of yeah. snaps, you know, before he ended up leaving the game in the third quarter, um, you know, he, he ended up with a knee injury. Right, he left the game. Jordan Wilkins was the next man up. You, you never know. Zach Moss could make his debut next week if Jackson can't go. Uh, it seems like he was he had a hyperextended knee. That's like what the initial thoughts are. And yeah. if that's the case, then most likely he'll be back next week. Uh, but we'll see. You know, Jonathan Taylor on deck. It's possible that he ends up playing next week. But we'll see how that works out. And this entire offense, you know, is going to be interesting to see like what you know w- what what kind of changes the next. Coach makes, you know, there's no word on who's got that guy going to be yet. Maybe there is. I haven't checked yet. Um, but in terms of like, you know, who who the guys are, like I would want to just, you know, keep Paris Campbell, you know, on my bench if I'm not starting him, right? Obviously, hold on to Michael Pittman, obviously. Um, you know, you kind of want to see what Alec Pierce can do. There's some talented pieces on this offense that, you know, could potentially get better, you know, if the philosophy changes, if they use guys different ways you know the offensive line hasn't been great but can you do something from a coaching perspective that could mitigate that right there there are a few things that can happen uh with a head coaching change
1: yeah and with Deion jackson just to hit on his injury quick if you watch the game it looked exactly like a hyperextended knee it's not like one that you got to think about it and maybe it's like oh could be this that the other he was warming it up he was trying to you know like keep it warm and looked like he's gonna try and get back in the game so it doesn't look like it's gonna be something that's long term but I kind of feel bad for Frank Reich because he's kind of dealing with, you know, the injury bug right now, especially at running back. And then obviously Matt Ryan didn't work out for them. You turn to a rookie quarterback at that point. It's like the circumstances are so bad. It's like I don't think Matt, I don't think Frank Reich is going to be like, you know, upset. I think he understands what's going on this season isn't all necessarily his fault. But as we've said with coaching changes sometimes they light a fire under a team's ass. Like we saw that with the Panthers and they had two really good weeks of fantasy production out of nowhere. And they obviously come back down to earth. We'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. this could help, you know, if Jonathan Taylor could come back and get healthy and maybe, like you said, they turn back to Matt Ryan. I think at this point it's looking like he gives them a better chance to win, even though, you know, he was turning it over a lot. Sam Ellinger, you know, at least he, he, he looked lost. At least Matt Ryan looked like an NFL quarterback in those games. Yeah. It's just a bad situation for him. If they go back to Matt Ryan, and Jonathan Taylor gets healthy, I think we could start to see this offense kind of come back together. Um, But right now, it it wasn't looking good. Um, What we kind of figured was going to happen did happen. Bill Belichick's defense just ate a young quarterback alive, Matt Judon. You know, shout out to him. He's just a monster with those red sleeves coming up the edge. You know where he's coming from every single play, and they still can't cover him. Um, It it was just a rough showing, and it ended up with Frank Reich being fired. Um, I wasn't necessarily anticipating that, but, you know, it kind of makes sense the way the season's going. I don't think you have anything to worry about with Deion Jackson. I think he should be good to go next week. Um, I'm not a doctor, but if Jonathan Taylor comes back, obviously you're starting him.
2: Dr. Rizzuto with the goods. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cordell Patterson, we're moving on to Atlanta real quick. He came back. He had two touchdowns in this game. Uh, it was a three-man timeshare uh, for the most part in his first game back. You know, Both Patterson and Algier pretty much split snaps down the middle. Uh, 38% of snaps each Uh, the rest of the snaps were played by Caleb Huntley and uh, you know a little bit of Avery Williams and I think next week it's possible that we see Patterson start to take a a, a larger role right but Algier Mm -hmm. did look good right he had that big run and it's possible that both he and Patterson start to make this more of a two-man backfield I can totally see that happening Uh, I think both are going to be fantasy viable just because like this is a run-first offense that's how they want to beat teams and yeah. you know Patterson, he did get all the goal line snaps over Algier uh, in this game, so that that's that's a, that's good for Patterson's value. Uh, on top of that, you know his, I think his snap share is only going to go up, right? He's not going to see 38 mm-hmm. percent of snaps, so I can see this being at least 50 to 60 percent of snaps for Cordell Patterson next week. And you know he's going to be a pretty good fantasy asset. Like you're going to have to rank him, you know, in the top 24 running backs at the very
1: least. I think easily top 24 for Cordero Patterson, especially if, you know, like we said, his, his touches go up. Tyler Algier looks pretty good, too. I think that this is going to settle into a, a one-two punch between Algier and Cordero Patterson with Cordero Patterson having the edge, um, especially, like you said, if his volume goes up because he scored two touchdowns on relatively limited carries, um, 13 carries to Tyler Algier's 10. I think Alger has done enough at this point that he's kind of cemented himself as a a nice piece in this backfield that he's not going to be, you know, like losing out on time that much, even though Cordero Patterson is healthy or he's going to be healthy. I think even if he wasn't 100 percent this week, he looked really good anyway. So obviously he's explosive. And Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams, you know, they spelled him and they were were all right. And we talked about Damian Williams maybe being part of this backfield. I don't really see that coming into play at this point, the way that the rest of these running backs have played. Um, Cordero Patterson, obviously you're starting him. Um, as an RB2 uh, you might be able to get away with Tyler Algier as a flex in certain games I'm not sure if he's going to be as reliable as he's been with Cordero Patterson Patterson banged up but he has upside I mean he's shown that he's an explosive ball carrier you know 10 for 99 that's that's pretty good um, and he had that one explosive run he ran I think it was like a 40 yard was it was it a runner catch I don't know he took a runner a catch early in the game and he you know went long distance I, th- I think
2: it. It, was a, it was I think it was a run I think yeah, was, I'm okay. pretty sure it was a run yeah
1: so it was runs but it, the point is he looked good you know he passes the eye test he's not exactly Travis Etienne, but he's he's definitely explosive and he deserves time on the field so I think if two running backs are going to come out of this backfield it's going to be Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier um, Algier won't be as reliable but he'll have week-to-week flex appeal
2: yeah no I, I, I 100% agree
3: selling a little or a lot up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
2: um all right let's see what else is going on here mike uh, Garrett Wilson you know two straight big games now right he caught yep. eight of nine targets for 92 yards 36 percent targets here in this game um the Jets are going to be on a bye, right? So Corey mm-hmm. Davis uh, has a chance of coming back in week 11. That can potentially have an effect on Garrett Wilson's target share because Corey Davis, like Zach Wilson, was looking for Corey Davis You know, er- er- earlier on in the season before he got hurt. Uh, yeah. If you're wondering, Elijah Moore played half the snaps that Garrett Wilson did in this game. It seems like he's still uh, in the doghouse. Denzel Mims is playing over Elijah Moore uh, as a starting wide receiver. So that tells you what you need to know there. So I wouldn't bank on Elijah Moore making any sort of impact this season, uh, you know. At, mm-hmm. at this point, like we kind of figured that earlier, but yeah. now, the fact that you know he's still not getting snaps, still not getting targets, that's not good for him. But Garrett Wilson, like he can be, he can make a late season run here, um, yeah. you know. Even when Corey Davis is back, I wouldn't sleep on him because he's obviously you know he's a top ten pick in this draft, very talented, right play with Chris Olave at, at Ohio State. Both these guys, you know, should be top and wide receivers in the NFL, and they've already showed their potential. So uh, yep. don't sleep on Gary Wilson as a potential fantasy starter for you uh, once they're back from bye.
1: I, I think it's 100% fair. Before I get into Elijah Moore, I just want to say congratulations to your Jets for beating the Bills. Like, I didn't see that coming. If I, if I was betting, I would have lost so many yesterday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, the Jets look really good.
2: The Jets are six and three. This is, I was talking to a buddy of mine. You know, we talked about this. This is like the Mark Sanchez Rex days when the offense stunk, but the (laughs) defense was carrying, were carrying you and the offense made the plays when they needed to, right? That's kind of how the Jets have been winning these games and a lot of close games. The Jets have been winning some really close games, which is another testament to the head coaches, right? To all the coaching staff, like that's what you want. You yeah. want to win these close games, and against the Bills, the Bills are zero two against the division right now, right? Yeah, they have they're, they're one game, they're half game ahead of the Jets, you know, in in the division standings, and the Jets are two and one, I think, in the division, or two and zero in the division, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it, it's not going to take much. And then you, on top of that, you look at Josh Allen real quick to get into that. He has an elbow injury apparently, mm-hmm. and he, he said after the game that he was in pain, something that he's going to have to deal with. So. I'm wondering. I'm really curious to see what this elbow injury is, and if it's going to affect those deep passes. Um, Yeah, and it might, right? (laughs) So, like, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Not only if you're a Bills fan, but if you have Josh Allen or a guy like Gabriel Davis, you know, in your lineup, like, is he going to be able to, you know, hit those bombs deep, right? And and I would hope so. I think he'll be fine, but again. Like I'll call I'll call myself Doctor Siddiqui here and there, but you know I, I don't really know w- what kind of effect this is going to have on Josh Allen for the rest of the season. So it's just something to keep an eye on. But yep. yeah, dude, the Jets, man, six <laughs> and three. This is pretty exciting, right? Because this is the best start that they've had uh, in twelve years. Yeah. So Robert Sala, you know, all of it's coming together right now. Like we had, you know, f- pretty good confidence in, in, in our GM, right? In in JD. Uh, Joe yeah. Douglas and you know now that you know the pieces that they've been putting together and then the depth on top of it right like Brees Hall you know he's gone but listen mm-hmm. like we have some guys who can not we're not going to be anywhere close to what we were doing with Brees Hall but you know Michael Carter James Robinson you know these guys will hold the fort at least uh, and then we lost Elijah Vera Tucker but our depth on the offensive line too right Is is you know they're going to do some things as well so like Really, really good job putting the team together, and the Robert Sala taking it—you know—taking it to where we need to go,
1: right? Yeah, and um, also, yeah. Go ahead. S- S- Sauce Gardner looks really good. I, I was say Dude. he looks really good, but you know, it's funny the whole
2: week, right? Like we were talking about the matchup between Stefan Diggs and sauce and he got, you know, Stefan Diggs caught the best of him early, right early on in that game where he kind yeah. of beat him and sauce was sauce seemed nervous on that play. Cause he did something like uncharacteristic where like he thought he was going to jam him up. Mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs r- ran, ran right by him uh, and caught that big play. But outside of that, he held it down pretty well. He got that key pick right mm-hmm. late in that game. And, and, right sauce sauce is sauce is going to be a good player in this league man
1: yeah absolutely and then finally to hit back on elijah moore what we were saying before if you watch and i'm sure you're watching a game but if you watch a game i saw him run this weird ass motion running like circles around zach wilson at least four times like they're (laughs) using him to try and throw the defense off and that's it and they know the ball is not going to him it's just a wonder why he's on the field i think it's hilarious i thought it was funny just seeing it because like what is he doing at this point he's wasting his time you know it, it just looks ridiculous it made me laugh a little bit but not so much because i'm laughing at him i'm just wondering like man he really is just stuck doing nothing you know what i'm saying
2: <laughs> Right. it's interesting man you know and listen uh, they got to the win you know against yeah. against the buffalo bills and that was without Elijah Moore getting a target so the, the jets are doing what they want at this point and if a guy is going to complain I guess that, you know, they're kind of putting their foot down and saying, like, hey, like, listen, like, you haven't been producing, so you're going to complain on top of that? This is what's yeah. going to happen. I, mm. I get it. I get it from a leadership perspective, from a coaching perspective. I get it. You know, I totally get it, even though I'm a big, big fan of Elijah Moore yeah. uh, as a player. So it, it is what it is. Hopefully, you know, we, we can get that situation right. And Elijah Moore, you know, can get to a point where he's very productive in the league. Yeah. Um, But I, I want to talk about the, the split real quick. Just wanted to mention it. Uh, between Michael Carter and James Robinson. They basically split snaps down the middle in this game. Uh, Carter, you know, had this slight edge in snaps. Uh, but he also looked better, and he had some more. He had more production. And Michael Carter did get a red zone touchdown in this game, uh, but James Robinson got the one goal line snap, so that's worth yeah. noting. Uh, he did catch a touchdown as well. Um, you know, kind of like a, a little little screen, and 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 got the ball in the end zone after that soft Gardner pick. Uh, but you know, just kind of worth noting on that split. You know, I I don't know how fantasy relevant these guys are going to be moving forward, but as of right now, like I'm okay starting Michael Carter, right as a as a upside flex play. If you know at best right now, low in RB two. Like he was a low in RB two for me this week, just because yeah. there was so many teams on by and that like there was just so <laughs> many running backs missing in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, he's probably an RB three play, and so is James Robinson, not too far behind. him.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. James Robinson, yeah. you know, he did have that receiving touchdown that kind of saves his day. Um, yeah, exactly. otherwise it, it, it looks like Michael Carter is going to get most of the touches. James Robinson isn't really startable for me unless anything would happen to Michael Carter or some drastic shift happens, but I'm not expecting that to happen because they found a winning formula and they're going to stick to it.
2: Naheem Hines, uh, he hardly played in, in his game against the jets and, Devin Singletary you know continue to dominate snaps snaps and and I, I'd assume that Hines will be a much bigger part of this offense in their next game uh you know obviously I, I guess TJ Hawkinson was the only one to get a shit ton of snaps this yeah. week depending on you know based on like all these guys getting moved but as far as Naheem Hines goes uh you know just keep him on your bench for now like I'm not starting him next week either um I'll yeah. just wait until he sees like 50% of snaps or something before I start him will that mm-hmm. happen this season who knows we have no idea You know, we're just projecting. And I would assume that he does because they made that trade midseason and they want to get him involved. uh, And he's a very good pass catcher. So I'd assume that happened a a little bit later.
1: Yeah, no panic for me. It's not like Devin Singletary did anything to, you know, shove Naeem Hines down the depth chart and be like, no, this is my backfield. You know, eight carries for 24 yards. He caught four passes for 24 yards. It's just like, it was all right. You know, he he did his job. I I think that Naeem Hines could do a lot more with that, um, especially the receiving work. So I'm not worried about him at all. You know, don't sit there and think, oh, well, now I'm screwed. I picked him up. I was thinking I was going to have a no. um a good a good running back here. If you started him this week, maybe you know that's a different re- that's a different scenario. But I, that's I on you,
2: you. Yeah, that's on you. Yeah. Okay. If,
1: if you picked him up, he should have been on your bench. You know, I don't have any problem letting him on my bench this week or even the week after. We'll see. I yeah. think he should become a bigger part of the offense. Like you this said, this is they more don't, of a late late
2: season run type of play.
1: Yeah, they don't trade for a guy to have him sit on the bench the whole time.
2: No, both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert split carries down the middle with nine carries each they split goal line snaps with one each and jeff wilson was the one who played better in this game and i can totally see jeff wilson being the 1a next week i wouldn't be surprised to be honest with you i saw a stat today that underdog just posted on twitter and it was basically the 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 it was rushing yards over expectation and who was the worst who, who would you guess is near the top of that list? Like, f- forget about this these running backs for a second. Yeah. If you had to s- assume out of all the running backs in the league, who was the worst in in rushing yards over expectation? Worst in rushing yards over expectation?
1: Najee Harris. Yep. Good job.
2: Nice. He was like, I think he was first or second, yeah. right? So it was a couple though. And you know who else is on that list? And we'll, we'll get we'll get into it. On oh, the uh, low end, uh, Leonard Fournette. Oh, he was okay. on there. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, he was on there as well. Mm-hmm. He was like top five or six or something like that, and uh, I feel like I got to I, I feel like I got to pull the tweet up now. At this point, I'm like talking about it. I'm like <laughs> I was like, who else? Who yeah. else was on it? Uh, and I'm gonna put it. I'll put. It up, I'll pull it up for you guys right now. But you know, this is a situation to kind of monitor because you know you were, you were starting Raheem Mostert, you know, as you know, in every week RB two, and at this point, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be that. Okay, yeah. uh, so lowest rushing yards over expect expectation per attempt. Uh, this is per Next Gen Stats tweet about underdog NFL. Cam Akers was number one as the, the worst. Yeah. Najee Harris was number two. Melvin Gordon was number three. Leonard Fournette was number four. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is number five. Raheem Mostert is number six. That's just, those are the guys there. Just want to yeah. say that. So, And and the reason why I bring that up is because Jeff Wilson has been playing well all season. Mm-hmm. In his first game with Miami, 50 50 split. And he ended up outplaying Raheem Mostert. Okay, so Jeff Wilson is somebody that <laughs> you you might be playing him as an RB2
1: moving forward. And even yeah. next week, I'm actually
2: okay playing Jeff Wilson as yeah. like a low-end RB2 flex play. Mm-hmm. I would
1: you know? Yeah, and, and we talked about it last week too. You know, we talked about is the cell window closed on Raheem Mostert. Yeah. You know, maybe before this game it was open a little bit. We talked about that. But you're not going to be able to get rid of Raheem Mostert now. You're kind of just stuck. Um, Jeff Wilson looked really good. It looked like he was thriving in the role that they envisioned Chase Edmonds to be playing. You know, he he was catching a pass. He's catching passes. He was good on the ground, just doing what he needed to do. Um, Even though, like we said, it's a big day. It was another big day for Tua in the passing game. You know, Jeff Wilson was able to get it done with that touchdown. Uh, I think that he's the guy to have. Raheem Mostert, you know, we talked about it. He was on pace to, you know, set the career highs that he had in touches, um, and he's 31. It's not injury this time that's keeping him back, but Jeff Wilson just looks more dynamic and, and like a better all-around back already in this offense than Raheem Mostert did. And that's not the not uh, it's not shade at Raheem Mostert. It's just Jeff Wilson. I, I think he's a little bit younger. You know, <laughs> and he, um, he he just looked mm-hmm. better yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they brought him in a familiar face. I wasn't surprised to see him get some work, but the way that right. was split already, you know, it, it's pretty encouraging for Jeff Wilson moving forward.
2: Mostert did get a lot, most of the receiving work and the receiving snaps in this game, uh, the mm-hmm. two minute offense, that sort of thing. So, you know, something to keep in mind that he'll still be involved, but, you know, we yeah. might see the 1A shift a little bit towards Jeff Wilson Jr. moving forward, but we'll see. That's just speculation for now because yep. they did split evenly this week.